It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim McGaugh. I can't even say my own name, T. Frank. I'm Jim Galante, along with Thomas Frank Carr. It happens. That's bad, isn't it, T. Frank? (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Moving right along, (laughs) we were talking spring stories in uh, quarter number one. Uh, Two great stories, Nick Singleton, Zane Durant. They've been the talk of spring. Two incoming freshmen. I'd like to hit some of the other stories in the spring. And here's the interesting thing, T. Frank. Usually when you're talking about a spring story, you're talking about players who are there. All right? Right. right. But one of the big stories in spring is someone who's not there, or at least not there yet, and that's an edge rusher. Yep. It seems like since the season ended, all we've been hearing about in the transfer portal is Penn State looking for an edge rusher? What's the latest on that story, T. Frank? Uh, I guess technically the latest is there is no latest. Is that they're continuing to host guys and hopefully get some interest of somebody coming through the transfer portal to the Nittany Lions. The latest two were West Virginia defensive lineman Akeem Mesidor, and I use that term specifically with him because he played four different positions along the defensive line for West Virginia last year, including most of his snaps at nose tackle uh, at 270 pounds. So interesting player there. And then the other guy is Damian Robinson, a former top I think he was the 62nd player in the nation, according to one of the recruiting services. So, you know, top 75 player in the class of 2021 left Maryland. Uh, this offseason is looking for a new home. So th- those are the guys that are now coming through in the cycle of is Penn State going to get a edge rusher? But they've any name that's been in the portal that has talent they've they've had on campus or they've had some interest in. So the G- Gabriel and Grayson Murphy were the two players that I had my eye on early, the twins from North Texas, as far as answers to the problem for Penn State, because it's not just they need a defensive end. They need edge pressure. And I asked James Franklin about this last week of, do you feel like you have a good balance? Because we just finished talking about Zane Durant and interior pressure, and they've got a couple of guys that can do that. It's not just Durant. Keem Beeman is coming back this spring. Um, I think Jordan Vandenberg has the skill to do that as well from either defensive tackle position. So they've got guys on the interior that can that can make some noise. But outside of Adisa Isaac, James Franklin said, yeah, we've got some guys that flash, but nobody does it consistently, and we're looking in the portal. So... That, to me, that's a major need for this team and for Manny Diaz's defense to do what he wants to. Because there's a very different Manny Diaz when he has Jalen Phillips and Greg Rousseau to when he has neither of those guys, which he did in 2021. So I can see a similarity between last season with Manny Diaz and what Penn State might have this year if they don't find guys that can get edge pressure. So to me, the answer that would best fit Penn State is Damian Robinson. Uh, the Maryland transfer to see if he wants to be a Nittany Lion, but he's going to have a lot of interest from a lot of different schools because he is very talented. Now, James Franklin has also talked about the transfer portal that he likes to bring in guys that he recruited right. uh, previously. So there's already some relationship there, and they know the player, and they did recruit him 
I think it was two years ago, whenever, and he's a Maryland product, so that's Penn State's yep. recruiting territory. So there is that, and the fact that he went very quick from entering the portal to visiting Penn State was a good sign. But as we know, with the just like recruits with these transfer portal candidates, if they've already shown they've got some talent, a lot of people are going to be after them, right, yeah. Steve Frank? Yeah, and he had, you know, through his recruiting, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, like everybody wanted him. He was not any sort of regional secret. So Texas A&M, all these schools, what does NIL play into this situation? That's another huge thing, and I think that's going to be uh, a, a major impact if Penn State can't land three legitimate pass rushers. We Arnold Ebikidi keeps coming up as far as we need to find this year's Arnold Ebikidi at that position. Now that NIL is a factor and defensive ends a premium position, that, I mean, that should be a concern. That is a concern I have about Penn State being able to land one because they don't have an NIL infrastructure right now that is that is tangible, salient, or visible. So, do, you know, does Damian Robinson want to come to Penn State because Penn State has put pass rushers into the NFL and that's where the money ultimately is? Or does he want to go to a place you know, that he feels comfortable at and he feels like his skill can get to the next level, but he'll make money in the inter intermediate time. You know, I don't know. We have He hasn't spoken with anybody. So knowing what his intentions are, what his personality is, what he's looking for, that's all sort of a mystery. But these are the factors that could play in. And, and I think that's a really important thing to see because if Penn State's able to get him, I feel that's kind of an upset. There's also this element, T. Frank, and you alluded to it, they want this year's Arnold E. Bikini, as if that's easy to do. <laughs> there right. aren't potential first-round draft picks just hanging out there waiting for you to say, hey, Arnold, how about Penn State? So right. <laughs> that's, it's really easy to say, a lot tougher to do. <laughs> you mentioned also <laughs> Manny Diaz, yeah. uh, part of his defense, but one of the things just to understand overall with Manny Diaz, and I'd like you to speak to this a little bit, T. Frank, is he his defenses really like to emphasize quarterback pressure, yep. tackles for loss, and if that's the case, you probably you need some edge rushers, correct? For Manny Diaz to do what Manny Diaz wants to do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that he said that as much to me when I asked him, like, what do you believe in? philosophically from a coverage standpoint cover one cover two like you know just like what's your bread and butter and he said you know you can't run one coverage you have to run them all and you have to play man coverage because that's the name of the game in college football and 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 you know you see that on his film you see that on his tape as far as on one play and again this was against Alabama so you're just throwing stuff at the wall at a certain point and hoping something sticks they were they they threw seven at the quarterback, a redshirt freshman, and I think his first start, and then they threw you know they rushed three and dropped eight. So he'll he'll do whatever he needs to to try and find a coverage and a scheme that works. But the point is, and he said this later, is if you if you want to know what I believe in in coverage, I believe in pass rush, putting pressure on the quarterback. And if you look at his defense with Greg Rousseau, Jalen Phillips, the defensive linemen, the defensive tackles that got after things. Uh, on the interior, and then you look at when he didn't have those things, he blitzes. It's not he's not going to sit back and and try and make it work with the guys that are there. Pressure equals bad decisions by the quarterback, 
and overloading the stress points of the offense of, you know, predicting where the ball is going to go and putting a guy there to help the pass rush get home. But when you start blitzing, you're taking players out of coverage. There's, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a zero sum game. If you send more players after the quarterback, you have less to cover. So you can only play a certain number of coverages when you have fewer guys, and a lot of them are man coverage, even if they're a zone call. Because if it's one-on-one in space, even if you're supposed to assign to a zone, if there's an empty hole because you blitzed that guy, you can't just be like, okay, well, you know, the quarterback's not going to see that. You've got to, like, you know, make some decisions. So that inherently, that's what it's always about is... And as he said, there's always an inherent stress in every defense. In cover two, if you give the quarterback enough time, the safety split, you got the middle of the field. In cover three, you can find some weak points in between the safeties or, you know, as things break down, their holes develop in those zones. You can go through any of these and find the weaknesses. But what helps is if you have pass rush to help speed up the decision-making process, you're hoping the quarterback does not get through his progression and doesn't find the weakness of your defense. So ultimately that's the idea. And Penn state right now has Adisa Isaac to do that. They've got a lot of defensive ends that can play that are good run stuffers that are good versatile play uh, pieces. A lot of tweeners, you know, we talk about Hakeem Beeman and Zane Durant and all these guys that are quick penetrators at the defensive tackle position, but they don't, they don't have anybody. I mean, Vanover is a defensive end that was playing defensive tackle last year. So they need speed. And that's why when I talk about the two guys that have come recently, of Akeem Mesidor, who played nose tackle and defensive tackle and got a lot of his production between the tackles, they've already got that. They, they have enough tweeners. What they need is a guy to come off the edge and get consistent edge pressure because that's the easiest place to get it. That's why edge, edge rushers are so important is because it's easier to double-team a defensive tackle. If you're double-teaming an edge rusher, you're usually using a tight end or a running back, which is affecting the number of pass catchers out in the route. All of these things play in. All of these things are a factor to how you call the defense. And if Penn State can integrate more pass rushers, knowing they have denied Dennis Sutton coming in the fall, then you can do something different. Then you can see the full Manny Diaz effect if he's got a complement of players that suit what he likes to do. In mentioning Dennis Sutton... This is another, I think, spring story, is that James Franklin has talked about trying to get the players who aren't there yeah. up to speed before they get there, and that they're using more video calls to do that. And the fact that he specifically mentioned Dennis Sutton tells me that he has a place on this team and could be a factor next fall. Agreed? Yeah. So, going back to our discussion about running backs, everyone wants to tell me Deny Dennis Sutton is going to be starting his first game. And I'm Micah Parsons did not start his first game. He did not start his freshman season. Now, did he lead the team in tackles? Did he play as much as the starter? Yes. But Penn State's not going to start a... Like, they're going to play a guy, but Nick Tarburton and guys that are, you know, veterans on the roster are going to be the, quote, starter... But, again, it doesn't matter. If you've got pass rushers and guys that can get after the quarterback, I don't care if they're the starter or not. How are they affecting the game? So you can play 60% of the snaps and not be the starter. But that is something that, as you mentioned, James Franklin talked about from National Signing Day. He mentioned a couple weeks ago that I thought it was you know, a brilliant thing that they learned through the, the uh, pandemic is 
you can use Zoom to talk to people. So you can have video conferencing, you can do these things, and you can get freshmen who are not eligible for early enrolling into your spring schedule. And while it's not the same as hands-on coaching in the environment, anything you can do to flatten the learning curve, and that's the only thing that uh, Deny needs, you know, watching him, talking to him, having him on my show, super focused, mature individual who is doing all the things necessary to be ready in the fall. And with this added piece of information, I, you know, before I thought maybe by the middle of the season, but I think he can be a factor, you know, in the first month of the season, as long as everything continues to go as it is. That's very encouraging to hear when you've got a team that is looking for defensive ends that you could have an incoming freshman stud who could come right in and contribute right away. That is it for quarter number two, T. Frank. Quarter number three, stick around for it. We're going to take your questions and we're going to ask T. Frank. This is Barbara Duran, Penn State alumna. It's been a great honor representing our alumni as a trustee. I am asking that you reelect me, Ted Brown, and Bill Oldsey. Independent leadership working to make sure Penn State provides a quality, affordable education that values success with honor. Reelect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind we are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. 